0: Hey there. Welcome to season three of the How to Make a Podcast podcast. My name is Casey Ruff from Boundless Body LLC, and I am the host of Boundless Body Radio. Join us this season as we chat with other successful podcasters to give you the best tips and tricks to create your own podcast that makes you proud to share with the world. Without further delay, enjoy today's episode. Alyssa Grubner, host of the Carnivore Stories podcast. Welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast.
1: Yes, I'm so happy to be here today. Excited to talk to you about podcasting. Yeah,
0: it's going to be so much fun. I I figure you'd be really sick of me at this point. We just interviewed you two days ago for our show, Boundless Body Radio. And so we're back at it again. And uh, yeah, I hope you're not too sick of me so far
1: no no not
0: yet <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great give it some time I'll ask you the question at the very end and maybe your mind had changed by the time we're done with this <laughs> conversation I love your podcast I get so excited when I find podcasts that are topics that I'm very interested in and curious about and things that we interview our people about and so when I saw the carnivore stories podcast I was so excited I binged several episodes that very day I reached out to you that very day I got so excited about it because passion finds other passion. And I could definitely tell with you doing that podcast, your passion really shines through. So can you tell us a little about why you decided to even start a podcast, like what your purpose was?
1: Yeah. Well, um, I started the carnivore diet, uh, June 20th, 2021 and it completely changed my health completely changed my relationships completely changed my whole life um so this was a really big thing for me and going through all those changes i was like i've got to i've got to get this out to the world let people know what's going on with this and i got on social media and through, through all that, I was always listening to podcasts about, uh, carnivore or low carb diets or lifestyle things like that. And I, my daughter, she's eight years old and she's listened to a lot of these podcasts with me. And she kept bringing up to me, kept bugging me, mama, when are you going to make a podcast? Where's your podcast? And, you know, I was really reluctant. I just had I'm not, I'm not a super, I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe myself as an extrovert. I would say maybe like an introverted extrovert, but, um, and then I, I guess I didn't really have the confidence in myself that I could do something like a podcast. Um, but she was really, really persistent. And she finally convinced me one day we were on a long family hike and we did like a mock episode and I was like, Okay. I can do this. I'm going to do this. And on my anniversary, 2022, I released the first episode.
0: That is amazing. I got to meet your daughter virtually. She came on the screen on our last conversation. What a little badass she is. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She really is. She really is uh, really a light in my life.
0: That's amazing. (laughs) Just for the listener who maybe isn't familiar with the carnivore diet, can you give a brief summary of what the carnivore diet even is?
1: Yeah. So the carnivore diet is when you eat all animal products. So you're not really consuming anything that comes from a plant. So if it's meat or eggs, something that came from an animal, that's what your diet consists of.
0: Wow. So, yeah, so you're not eating any, like, packaged foods from the middle of the store, but you're also avoiding not only things, you know, on the, you're, you're avoiding some things on the periphery of the store, including, like, with the baked goods, what you can get there, and even where everybody goes if they think they're eating very healthily, which is fruits and vegetables, all the produce. You're avoiding all of that.
1: Yeah. When I go into the grocery store, I make a beeline for the meat department.
0: Yeah. The reduced meat uh, area of my local store is my favorite place to go where I can find, you know, cuts of food that are just about to go bad. And I can just make my carnivore diet be really economical. Eating really good meat. It's delicious.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: That's amazing. And you're not worried about your heart blowing up or cholesterol. You're not worried about whether you're able to poop ever again, never eating fiber <laughs>
1: No. Well, I mean, initially I feel like anyone hearing about this and then me coming from a plant-based background for so long, for like three, over three years, definitely hearing about the carnivore diet is like, Oh, like if someone told me they were eating this way, I'd be like, okay, good luck with that. I guess you're just going to die. And you know, um, but all of those, all of, all of the markers of health, you would look for have improved in me better, better than they've ever been really since my teenage years, my blood pressure. I have had something weird going on with my heart. I've had like peripheral neuropathy, like lots of crazy things. Somebody in their twenties should not be dealing with. I was dealing with those things. And by eliminating everything out of my diet, except for meat, salt, water, eggs, dairy, occasionally, I've I've healed those things. Wow. So I so I'm, I'm not, <laughs> no worries, no worries over, over here. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I, being a carnivore coach as well, I was explaining to somebody recently, like I, being a nutrition coach, if I'm telling you to only eat meat and avoid fruits and vegetables, I either know exactly what I'm talking about or I'm the biggest idiot on the planet because the plant-based narrative is just so strong right now. And I just want people to understand that adding more animal products is a really great way to health that not a lot of people are talking about. So again, I really appreciate that you, share that story. I, I wanted just one more little thing, and you gave me an idea, and I'm going to do this on a podcast, and you're going to be in it, by the way. You gave me an idea. The way that you learned about the carnivore diet is you listened to a podcast that had several different people's stories about being vegan, being vegetarian, crushing their own health, And, and all the, the, the combination of all of those stories is what was really impactful for you to be able to change your diet. And so one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go back through all of my podcasts that I've done and find the carnivores. Most of them who have come from a vegan or vegetarian background, and I'm going to splice together all of their stories into one, uh, you know, hour, hour and a half long episode, because I think that would be really impactful to hear all of those stories one after the other, after the other. So you gave me that idea. So thanks a lot. You're going to be in it.
1: Yes. Yeah. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. So, so much for the diet. Let's talk about podcasting. You, you said you wanted to kind of share this message. What were some of the barriers? What was the biggest barrier that you felt like you had like an imposter syndrome or it was difficult for you to share your own voice?
1: Uh, You know, I really, I'll say the biggest barrier is I am someone that describes myself as technologically challenged, So just getting on Instagram in the first place, that was a huge hurdle for me and figuring out all of the little widgets and stuff on there. And so the biggest barrier was how do I even, how do I even do this? Like, I couldn't even fathom what, like how to get to point from point A to point B, but you know, you, you see that I, I, did it somehow. I, I, there's a lot of resources out there on the internet and through trial and error and, uh, a couple of headaches. I, I was able to figure it out. So that was, that was the biggest hurdle for sure.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so now when you're doing your show, what, what kinds of things tell you that you're being successful with your show? Are there any metrics you use? Is it reviews or messages? Like how do you know that you're being successful with your content and your message?
1: Yeah. So I guess every, every week when I go to upload a new episode, I'll go and look at like the s- stats on rss.com. That's, that's what I'm using. My, I guess it's a server. Is that what you would call it? Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah. And so I'll go and look and see, okay, how many downloads in this 30 day period and how many uh new subscribers or followers. And so it'll, it'll tell me like uh, if it's, if the percentage is up from the previous period or down. Uh, So that's really cool to look at. And then um, at one point, someone sent me an email that uh, you can, you can go and look and see where you are on the charts, like the global charts. And at one point I was like in the top 20 of alternative health in South wow. Africa. And I was like, Whoa, that's, that's, so cool. that's a big deal for, I mean, my, my podcast isn't even six months old. I, I don't think so.
0: That's amazing. Wow. Well, I'll yeah. have to, I'll have to get that site from you. That's really funny that you bring that up. So the only place I know to go is to the Apple, you can look up, I, I think my keywords were Apple podcast rankings, health and fitness or something and it shows i I assumed it was in some kind of an order and i don't know that it is or not but it shows i think 200 different podcasts and you can go to like whatever topic and subtopic to select but the funny thing was like when you start looking into some of these shows you'll click a link that you'd never heard of and it might be a show that was released in 2021 that only has like seven episodes like you Mm. see some of the big successful ones but you see other ones that you're like this has no business here i don't understand what they're based on or yeah, what time frame they're looking at. So I've been kind of passively looking for a a more accurate way to look at that. So I'll have to have to find that site that you're using. That seems really helpful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'll definitely forward that to you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's great. Okay. So let's go back to talking about some of those challenges you faced early on. Technology is a bit of an issue for you. Um, let's talk about your hardware. What was it what things did you need to get in the beginning as far as hardware goes the actual machinery to be able to do your podcast
1: yeah so f- just getting set up i did need to do a lot of that on a, a laptop just I, I i'm sure i could have done it on my phone but it was a lot easier to see it on a big screen and be able to mouse around and you know type things in just for sanity's sake, um, so I I just needed my my laptop to figure all of that out and figure out how I was going to get this into internet world and onto YouTube and onto Spotify and onto Apple, um, and then other than that, I just use my iPhone and I just use these headphones.
0: We talk about and, and we talk about that yeah, all the time. Wired. These wired headphones, they're the best. They're so good for interviews. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, because they've got a mic and they've got a place where I can hear. So it gets the job done.
0: Yeah, that's great. And you are recording with your phone. Yes. Rather than your laptop. What's the reason for that?
1: Yeah, so I actually... I have a camera on my laptop and that camera looked really crappy. So then I bought another camera for my laptop and that one still looked crappy compared to the iPhone camera. So I just uh, decided to use the phone. Now, at first, I couldn't figure out how to get a side by side video on the iPhone and that was a huge headache going back and forth and trying to see is it working now is it not working um and so I thought I was going to have to use my laptop so that when it was on YouTube it wasn't switching from one person to the other you know whoever's talking but I if you asked me today so how did you finally get it side by side I couldn't I can't tell you <laughs> cuz <'cause, laughs> I just, it was almost like I just happened upon it, but there, there is a way. And I, I'm sure, I'm sure I could, I could write like a tutorial on it if I wanted to go back and see like, okay, how did how exactly did I do this? That's
0: funny. And you are recording with zoom. Is that correct?
1: yes with zoom
0: gotcha so so there's i'll tell you because i've had to mess with this myself there's two when you download the file if you're recording on zoom a few minutes after you're done recording you get the file the file includes a sound file and then it includes both a gallery view and a speaker view and the speaker view will switch depending on who's talking but the gallery view shows both at the same time side by side so for whatever reason yours must have switched to gallery view and that's how you're able to do that
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you mention it, it does say gallery view. And, and I, I don't know if there's another link there that says speaker view. Like if I could, I could choose one or the other, but it does say gallery view when I go to download the
0: recording. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. If you go to the zoom website, when you get the recording, you should see, um, a speaker view and a gallery view, I believe. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. So you're doing your entire podcast with, with hardware. All your hardware is, is an iPhone and wired headphones yes. Savage. Yeah. Savage. I love it. I love it. What a low barrier to entry for other people that maybe are passionate about a particular topic and they want to share that with the world, but they think like, Oh, I don't have an expensive microphone. I don't have the boom arm. I don't have this, you know, podcast mixer and all this stuff. It's, I think it's way cool that you're able to do all of that with just your phone and headphones.
1: Yes. Yeah. Cause initially I was like, okay, well I need all these things. And then just trying to look into that. I was like, I don't even know where to start. Um, growing up, my dad, he had a recording studio. So I was like, okay, well, I'm sure I could talk to him about microphones, but you know, recording music and then recording voices, it's not really the same. And then the whole, internet thing. So I was like, okay, well, what is the simplest way I can, I can do this and just get started and possibly figure out something else down the road if it's not working out.
0: That's amazing. Have you found anything that you've targeted that you're thinking like, okay, this is on my radar of something I want to upgrade or change or improve over time? Are you pretty happy with the way things are going as is?
1: I'm pretty happy with the way things are right now. I, the only thing is I, I feel like the sound quality could be a little bit better. Mm. So, so that's something I'm, I'm definitely wanting to look into um, better microphone, better headphones possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: So that's a really common one that we talked to a lot of our guests on this podcast about. Um, In fact, the first podcast with Jorge, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, microphones, podcasters all say that they want to upgrade their microphone. They want a better microphone, but when they upgrade and then they ask somebody like Jorge asked his girlfriend, like if he noticed, if she noticed the difference between the episode that that he was just using the headphones, um, versus the one that he was using a microphone, she couldn't tell a difference. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're podcasting, you're a little over obsessed with sound and sound quality versus, um, other people that might not be, or maybe you're really more self-conscious about it because it's your show. But like, I can tell you as an avid listener of your show, if you didn't change anything, I would still listen to every episode. Like I, I, your audio quality to me sounds great. So that's one of those funny things that like, yeah, maybe we, we think it makes a difference and maybe it makes a mm-hmm. small difference, but maybe it's really minute and only we ever notice who knows.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see that. I can definitely see how we can be our own worst critics. Totally. So I'm sure, I'm sure there's not a whole like group of people out there. Like if only she would upgrade her microphone, you yeah, know, totally. i keep listening.
0: <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> and it's funny too. I think for podcasters, when you listen to really heavily produced shows, like really good top podcasts, they have a lot of the same issues that you hear. The, the zoom pings and little sound things that can't really be cleaned up that easy. Like we all experience it. It's just part of life. And I think people are more mm-hmm. used to that now. Wow. Interesting. Okay. So I love, I love the minimalist approach on the hardware. What about the software? This is where things can get a little bit more complicated. What things did you have to get set up as far as systems for software?
1: Okay. So like I said, I'm a little bit technologically challenged. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I guess when you say software, you're referring to like what I'm doing to edit the videos, edit the sound.
0: Yeah. Any, any of the the programs that you're using either on the laptop or on your phone? Like we mentioned zoom. Zoom is a great software platform that that conducts really good interviews. Are there any major like software companies or, or subscriptions that you pay for maybe to, to, to take your, you know, interview out into the internet world? Like you said.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I use iMovie to edit the the video. So when I download the recording, I just uh, download the gallery view. So I'll edit the video on iMovie. And from there, once I have it how I want it to prepare it for audio only, then I will um, use a app called Video Converter. And I convert that MP4 into MP3. Um, and then the MP3 version is what will go on to Spotify and Apple. And then the MP4 version or MOV, I'm not sure what Apple or or iMovie uses, will go on to YouTube. Wow. Um, That's
0: smart. I have not talked to anybody who's, who's done it in that format. That's a really smart way to do it. Okay. When you use iMovie, are you using it on your phone or is it the laptop?
1: On my phone. Yeah.
0: You're editing video on iMovie on your phone?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sick.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Is
1: that not, is that not a common thing to do?
0: <laughs> no, that's great. I I was just going to say, like, I have, I have an iPhone just like you, but I have a, a PC okay. laptop and so I can't really use iMovie, yeah. but I can use it on my phone. That's right. great.
1: Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. I have a PC laptop and that's, we talked about uh, things I'd like to get in the future. My biggest next thing is either an iPad or a MacBook just Mm. so that I can have, because I make, I make YouTube videos also for my, um, YouTube channel. And I'm doing all of that on my phone too. And it would be so much better to have, you know, a a big, (laughs) bigger viewing space and, you know, being able to manipulate things a little bit better.
0: Wow. That's amazing. But
1: I've gotten really good at it. So when I first started doing this, it was, it was this huge thing. It was like learning to walk. Like (laughs)
0: totally. No, I remember that it was two years ago when we started our business and we were trying to make little movies and things for social media. And like, yeah, it was really challenging to learn. But once you got the flow of iMovie, it actually is very efficient. It has tons of different features. So I'm really encouraged that you're able to do that.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it definitely has taken some practice, but it's at a point now that I'm like, ah, it's not, it's not that bad. It, it does what I need it to do. It's just not as big as I'd like it to be.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Wow. Well, that's awesome that you can do all of your audio and video editing all in one place. Again, all for free. Where, what, what software do you use to host your podcast?
1: Okay. So I, I guess the hosting site would be RSS.
0: Okay. You mentioned that. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. And then from there, they make it really easy to, I can just check off the, um, streaming platforms that I want them to submit, submit it to. And so I have, have it on Spotify and Apple. I know for sure. And then, I believe it's, it's available on other streaming platforms too, just from the stats tab. And it tells me where people are listening, where, what, um, what app they're listening from. And, and there's like 20 of them.
0: Wow. Is it even close? Is it Apple? And then all the rest,
1: you know what? It's actually Spotify, Spotify. then Apple. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, Yeah.
0: Wow. That's so interesting. I'll have some episodes. I I don't understand why, but some episodes will do better on Spotify where almost all of mine um, do better on Apple Podcasts, which actually I hate the Apple Podcasts app to listen to. I think it's not very well designed, but um, yeah, we always get more downloads. It's interesting that you get more on Spotify. Very cool that's great. Yeah. Okay. So what kind of preparations do you do for your interviews? This could be, how do you find your guests? Um, you know, how much content are you consuming of theirs? How well do you know their stories before you have them on? How how are you preparing?
1: Yeah. So really I'm on Instagram and people follow me who are carnivore animal based and I'll follow them back and I'll like some of their pictures. I think they you know, look like an interesting person. I'd like to get to know them better. Or I'm curious about their story because maybe they're not telling a whole lot about their story on social media. And um, I'll just reach out to them and say, hey, would you consider letting me interview you for my Carnivore Stories podcast? And either they say yay or nay, they say yay. Then I um, send them a link to Calendly, which is a really great, uh, resource because before I found out about Calendly, it was like going back and forth. Like, are you free this day? Are you, what about this time? And what time zone are you in? And that was a whole headache that, you know, was, was a really, that that was a really hard thing in the beginning. I think my first three um, my first three interviews, I did it that way. And then I had the pleasure of a day Fox reaching out to me to be on her podcast. And I had to sign up through Calumlee and I was like, Whoa, I had no idea something like this even existed. Like, hallelujah. Um, so I, I got, got Calumlee and, um, so I'll have people sign up through there. Um, and, and Cal and Lee, I have questions that I ask them, um, you know, where are you? What's your age? Maybe occupation. What's your Instagram handle? Um, what else are you involved in? And maybe and sometimes they'll give a brief summary of their story. Um, and uh, if and then I like to get more engaged with them in the time leading, leading up to their interview. Um, and, uh, so it's, so it's not just like, Oh, you messaged me and here I am. I I like to talk to them a little bit. (laughs) Um, so we're a little bit more familiar with each other. And I guess the day before or the day of the interview, I'll, I have a notebook and I'll make some notes about them for the intro, um, from that information they provided in Calendly lee so i i can introduce them and from there i just jump right into the interview like okay well tell me your story and um i i do have like a a list of questions that i do try to cover but um we'll kind of find sticking points like that will kind of shoot off into conversation
0: Yeah. Very interesting. Are you trying to ask the same types of questions in every interview or are you asking unique questions for each guest?
1: Yeah. So for each interview, there are like, I don't know, 10 questions I try to ask everyone. And then also each person I'll have two or three, um, for them individually that, you know, I have questions for them. I'm curious about that. Gotcha. (laughs) that I'll ask about.
0: Yeah. That's, I think a really good way to do that. We always used to type out kind of questions that, that, you know, we wanted to ask, but the the tough thing is like we, we used to only do audio only. So it didn't matter where I was looking. I could be listening. I could be reading with my eyes down and we've talked about it in this show. The problem is if I do this for too long, looking down, you will think that I'm like, not engaged with you. And, and even like when I'm taking notes and time stamping things, I'm really self-conscious about like staying looking down too long because it almost looks like I'm not like listening to you. So it's been harder to have like pre-prepared questions before an interview. So that's one disadvantage. I think, I think it's nice to go into interviews with at least an idea of what you're going to be asking that person, not completely off the cuff. And I think that mm-hmm. level, I think your level of preparation is great. I love to kind of know the backstory of my guests and maybe dig a little further than hopefully. Hopefully, other people have, and I just have to say, Calendly is amazing. Calendly is such a game changer. I can't plug them enough. If you out there listener have anything that people need to schedule you for, so for me, that's that could be nutrition coaching sessions, personal training, personal training in person versus virtual appointments for interviews, um, all kinds of different things. I've got different invites for all of those, and you can block your schedule out in a certain way. I limit mine so I make sure I don't do more than one every single day. Like it's it's so nice. It's such A great tool.
1: Yes. Yeah. I, when, when I, that that's probably the most valuable tool in all of this. I mean, every, everything matters, but that's a huge game changer. Like, I don't think I could, I could have kept going. Like I think I'm about to record my 25th episode and I don't think I would have gotten to number 25 if I was having to go back and forth like, Oh, you're in Japan. Okay. What, what time is it there? And you know,
0: yeah, totally. No, I completely agree with you. When you said 20 emails back and forth, I was like, Oh my goodness. I can't believe I used to do that too. So hard. <laughs> so hard. Wow. Okay, well during the actual interview, how do you approach your actual interview? Are you um you know what things are you thinking about when you're talking to that person, when you're listening to their responses?
1: Yeah, so I always start off with, okay, just tell me about how you what brought you to carnivore? Like cuz everyone's got a story like why would you even consider this crazy diet, right? <laughs> and, and, um, when was that, you know, to give the listeners an idea of how long they've been carnivore and the types of things they were dealing with. Um, and then from there, um, I guess I'm listening to their story and I want to know how they overcame some of the things that they, that they talk about, or, um, if they had, you know, a huge health victory? How did that make them feel? Um, maybe, and and then from there, we'll always go into, okay, adaptation. And like, that's an important point because if there's new carnivores listening, they need to know about these things that can happen and then how these people got themselves out of it. Um, and, and I guess most of the questions that I ask every single, um, interviewee um they're things that a new carnivore would want to know um you know or or even a not so new carnivore uh to get give them an idea of how other people are doing this not that oh you have to do it like them but to see that okay there's there's lots of different ways to do this and there's not really a wrong right or wrong way um, but you know, th- certain things will come up and will pique my interest, and I'll and we'll talk a little bit more about that. And um, once once I get those those general questions out of the way i feel like it's more of a conversation and not so much of an
0: interrogation (laughs) yeah sure no that's a really good point it definitely doesn't come across as an interrogation at all i think it feels very natural and flowy when you do it i love that you end your episodes by asking the guest to, to talk about like a simple tip or a trick to get integrated with the carnivore diet um i'm curious about the questions that you're asking um the ones that are more prepared that you ask most of your guests has that evolved has that changed very much since you started
1: Yes, it hasn't changed a whole lot, but as I, as I've talked to people, there's certain ones that I feel like come across a little hard. I'm like, okay, well, let me change that wording a little bit when I ask them this question, or something that it seems like people seem a little bit hesitant to want to share, you know, um, without them bringing it up first, Um, or let's see, I guess. There's there's one like I one question that I do try to ask everyone now is what's your activity level like because I do think that that's an important part of the story if someone didn't ask that and then also what other um, tools for healing are you using so those are two that I didn't initially include but I do try to ask everyone going forward because I I think those are important parts of the story yeah as well the. Yeah. While the carnivore diet is really powerful, I do recognize that sometimes a diet change alone isn't enough for some people. And, and it's, it's really, a uh, a, a whole thing, you know, yeah, whole lifestyle type of thing.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Besides the first question, which is tell me your story. Is there one question that you ask that you're really proud of crafting the way that you craft it that elicits like maybe like extra interesting answers?
1: Oh, is there, well, I guess the unexpected benefits. So Mm. that, yeah, I'll, I'll say, okay, well, you mentioned that you lost 50 pounds and you, um, cured your hypertension, is there something unexpected that you, you know, you would have never saw coming from changing the way you eat. And the most, the most interesting one that I bring up a lot. And I'm, you know, like I'll mention it pe- to people like, did you even know this could happen? Is someone said they used to be allergic to cats, wow. like cat dander. Yeah. And I, that totally blew my mind. Cause that's really unexpected to me, like I, I wouldn't have thought that that had something to do with what you're eating, how well you can tolerate a cat yeah, or a dog.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. No, that is, I love that you asked that question. I would be super proud of asking that question as well. And that was one thing that really jumped out at me when I first started, you know, doing a carnivore diet is that when, when people switch, that's when you get the weird stories. Like my, my elbow was always itchy and now I haven't even thought about it for six months since I started, or my skin is way better. Or one that I hear all the time, I'm sure you do too, is sun tolerance. I never used to be able to be out in the sun. The tops of my feet would always fry bright red And now they get perfectly tan and I can be out hours in midday sun in the middle of summer. And no problem. No problem.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is a common one. And my husband, he's really pale and that's one that I would tell him about, like, you know, you know, you won't get, you won't get sunburn anymore. You know, if you just don't have all these Omega sixes and you know, you're eating lots of saturated fat and he's like that, that can't happen. I don't, I don't believe that. Nope. (laughs) but you know what? He's a test. He's a living testament now too. Like, uh, I, I mentioned the other day we were talking, we had just went to Orlando with his whole family and they're looking there. We're going to Disney world. Everybody's like, slathering on the sunscreen, just, you know, is caking it on. And they're like, Dylan, do you want some? He's like, no, I'm good. And, you know, he's the blonde one with the blue eyes. So he's, you know, he should be the one that wants it the most. And, um, he's like, no, I'm good. Okay. And they're like, okay. But you know, he didn't, he didn't get burned. Maybe. He got tan, but
0: that's amazing. Uh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I love those stories. I love that question. I'm glad you ask it because you're right. Like so many people are here to like lose weight or they want to you know, treat uh, something that they've been messing with in the medical world for 20, 30, 40 years that hasn't helped. But then, you know, not only do they fix that one issue, but they see like 20 other side benefits that they weren't expecting. So I love that. That's amazing. Okay. So after your interview, we already kind of talked about your editing process. Is there anything else that you're doing with your interviews? Is there anything you do with your guests? Um, as as soon as you're done recording the interview, what's the process like after that? Yeah. So I
1: guess after I, I, hit the record button for not recording anymore, then we'll chat a little bit more, like maybe something I wanted to ask them that I wasn't sure if they felt comfortable sharing with the whole world. Um, And I'll let them know, okay, well, it's going to be about three or four weeks before your episode airs um, and that they can expect it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. And as we hang up and I've made a new friend, and a close friend.
0: <laughs> Doesn't it really feel like that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah.
0: It's so cool building this community of like people that I feel like all over the world where if I needed a place to stay overnight or if they were in town and they needed a place to stay, like absolutely we have connected in this amazing yeah. way for an hour. It's it's really it's really powerful. It's so cool.
1: Yes yes yeah it really is
0: that's amazing so so from there you go to editing from there it'll go to the rss website and that pushes it out to the different platforms what do you do for podcast notes
1: podcast notes and okay so are you do you mean like the description yeah but i guess i mean the, the show notes is a
0: better way to say it
1: okay yeah so i pretty much I'll, I'll mention the person's name, their age, maybe their occupation, maybe if they're a wife, mom, or, you know, s- something that someone just looking at it like, ah, oh, do I want to listen to this one? Maybe something that they can relate to and say, hey, well, I'm a mom too, or hey, I'm in my fifties too. Um, and, and then I'll briefly mention what maybe what the carnivore diet has helped them with or why they choose carnivore. And where they can connect with them, whether they're on YouTube or what their Instagram handle is, where they can find them.
0: Gotcha. Are you doing anything to tease the episode or promote the episode before it launches?
1: No, I'm not. That's something I could do a better, a better job of. Sometimes the people I interview will, they'll say, well, hey, I just got interviewed for the Carnivore Stories podcast. Can't wait for this to air. Um or I I guess sometimes I'll make an Instagram post what I am eating that day and be like I just finished interviewing so and so for my podcast it's going to be a good one but but beyond that no I haven't
0: yeah that's interesting that you mentioned your guests promoting the show I certainly when I when I started all of this thought that that would absolutely be the case if i interview sean baker for example which we hosted i think on episode 20 of boundless body like i thought for sure like wow he's gonna put this on his network and it's gonna blow up every carnivore in the world is gonna listen to this but you don't realize like sean baker is one of the most sought after carnivores on the planet like he's done eight of these interviews today (laughs) you know like Mm -hmm. he doesn't have time to promote it and so the promotion doesn't go as as well as you think it will in that format but then also i really understood when i started getting hosted on shows i started to feel a little bit awkward about putting my own stuff out there so i would resist at doing that same thing advertising hey i was on the carnivore stories podcast i feel a little yeah. you know weird about that so between those two things yeah i kind of had a tough time with that
1: yeah mm. mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny okay so so you know we we talked about marketing is there anything you'll do after the episode
1: Yeah. So every Monday is when a new episode drops and, um, that's on my Monday to do list that I, um, in my Instagram stories, I'll put the picture of the YouTube thumbnail and I'll say it's the, this is episode 19 with, and I'll tag their account. Um, so, you know, someone can go in, go and look at their profile. And then I have a watch now button and, that will take them to youtube
0: gotcha are you more successful on video or on audio
1: uh you know what it seems like it's it's weird like some there's there's like this one episode that it has like i don't know maybe like 75 views on youtube but then on the audio it has like 300 listens 300 um mm. downloads so it it depends it it would seem like it's more overall successful audio though.
0: Interesting. We interviewed, uh, Dr. Tony Hampton. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Um, he's a very carnivore friendly, um, doctor up in Chicago and he, he's awesome because he, he can really connect with the black community up there. And he told me that, that for some places, socioeconomically, it's easier for black people to access YouTube than it is podcast videos. That was a little surprising to me, but I get,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel, I, I do feel like most people have access to YouTube, but maybe some people just wouldn't even, uh, know about podcast streaming apps. Um, and, and that, and that might be, I don't know. I, like, I know I have Apple podcasts because I have an iPhone and I didn't even realize that they had podcasts on Spotify until yeah. I, until I, got mine on there. Gotcha. Um, and I didn't, let's see, I didn't know about podcasts being on an app until I had an iPhone. I think before then I, it, if I listened to an interview, it was on YouTube. Gotcha
0: yeah very interesting. Wow, okay, so I appreciate that insight. Let's talk about you and your future and the future of the show. Are, are any changes that you're planning on making? any tweaks um any adjustments? Are you happy with the way things are going and you're just going to continue? What are your plans for the future?
1: Yeah, you know, I feel like you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> and I feel like it's not broken. I feel like everything's going going really well, so I don't really have any plans of making any dramatic changes. I'm sure as time goes on though, and I learn more about, cause I, I feel like with every episode, I'm a better host. Um, like I've, I've never done anything like this in my life. I think the closest to this is I was, um, in drama club in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 I'm not, or, or like public speaking in college in college. So I'm not like, um, I'm not like a a journalist or, you know, someone who is very used to interviewing people. So it's, it's definitely a learning process. I think as time goes on, I'll get better. Um, and I just want to keep, keep, I, I would love to have just a huge, a huge stockpile of these success stories. Um, you know, because when I, Finally went carnivore. I it was a long road trip and I listened to success stories back to back. Um, and I continued doing that for weeks until there were no more success stories to listen to. But I would hope that, you know, one day all of these interviews can get somebody through a whole year of motivating them. Like, well, all these people are doing it too. And I'm gonna listen, keep on listening. An interview a day keeps me keeps the veggies away.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You gotta trademark that. You have to trademark that. <laughs> you you gave me a great question to ask, which is in what ways do you think you're a better podcast host now?
1: Yeah, I feel like uh I'm a little less awkward.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: um that is something that I feel like I'm just guilty of when I was a kid, I would get called weird often. And it was not like, Oh, Alyssa, you're so weird. Like a a term of endearment. It was like, wow, you're weird. And I don't really want to talk to you. Um, but as an adult recently, I really embraced that. And I'm like, yes, I'm weird. I can be awkward. Um, and I'm comfortable with that, but I don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable, but I feel like I'm, I'm getting, getting better. No, <laughs> <laughs> not being so, so weird and awkward. Just um, yeah. And, and, um, not so, and I feel like I'm less self-conscious of that too, because that in the beginning, I was like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want them to think I'm weird, but now I'm like, well, that's just who I am. And that's my personality. And I'm the host of the show. So yeah.
0: Wow. I love that. Alyssa Grubner, I have such a good time talking with you. This has been so much fun. Where can people go to find you and find your show?
1: Yeah. So you can find the Carnivore Stories podcast on YouTube, on Apple, on Spotify, and I guess uh, a handful of other streaming platforms uh, that are out there. And you can also find me on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S grubs, G-R-U-B-S. And if you have a carnivore story to tell, please contact me on there. And I would love to interview you, love to talk to you and have you on the show.
0: That is fantastic. Well, thank you so very much for stopping by and taking time to be on our show today. We really appreciate you.
1: Yes, the pleasure was all mine. Awesome.
0: Thanks again for listening to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple. And check out Boundless Body Radio, our primary podcast, where we host world-renowned experts that provide tons of helpful content around health and wellness.